This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on the podcast this week is AJ Abdalat, founder and CEO of Beyond Limits. What we're trying to do with Beyond Limits, we feel that those same conditions and problems that exist in space, we can apply those to some of those complex problems here on Earth in energy, uh, healthcare. We're capturing that human knowledge in AI, in what we call cognitive agents, where we actually are taking the knowledge of a highly skilled individual and scaling that across the organization where we're allowing less skilled individual to be able to utilize that. In the space business, you really have very experienced and seasoned scientists and A lot of them, they love their job, and quite of them are basically are close to retirement, and you really want to capture that knowledge and experience, and you want to transfer that to the, you know, to the younger generation. And this is where we believe there is a significant opportunity between, again, collaboration between, you know, man and machine to do that. This is AJ. He's on a mission to make life better for all of us by changing the landscape of artificial intelligence so that it can achieve its unfulfilled potential. He's a serial entrepreneur with more than 19 years of experience of bringing high-tech startups to fruition, specializing in artificial intelligence, reasoning systems, and smart sensors. He founded Beyond Limits in 2014 to drive new innovation in IP by commercializing AI programs from the NASA Deep Space Program to solve challenging problems for companies on Earth. The company's technology is an evolutionary leap beyond conventional AI to a human-like ability to perceive, understand, correlate, learn, teach, reason, and solve problems faster than conventional AI solutions. In other words, their solutions can magnify human talent, enabling people to apply their attention and experience and their passions to solving problems that truly matter. And this inspired me. In particular, to understand how their products could help to solve the challenge of capturing and scaling unique skills and expertise in a world where the working population is actually shrinking rapidly. And hence, I invited AJ to my podcast. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that a key element to crack for AI to be truly valuable in dynamic situations is to deal with situations where the data does not exist 
is missing or corrupt. Secondly, why we need to focus more on solving the growing human intelligence scarcity challenge that many organizations face. And thirdly, why every company would benefit from making a conscious decision to focus on those complex, harsh, zero-tolerance problems where it can make a unique impact. Yeah, to get the conversation going, uh, AJ, can you give a little bit of background who you are and what drives you? Absolutely. So I'm an entrepreneur and an engineer by, uh, by training. I love technology and I have a strong passion for technology. And that really led me to my passion and my career. I've been fortunate that I've worked for people who basically encouraged me to pursue this, this path. And I got to tell you, I get up every morning and I'm very excited to, to get to work. And, and I feel blessed that, that way. So for the last 20 years, we've been focused on commercializing technologies coming out of Caltech and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And it's been a, a great experience. We've done a lot of things from thermal imagers to gas sensing to AI. And our last, uh, our most recent collaboration is focused on AI and specifically cognitive reasoning or human-like reasoning. Well, so you were talking about that you were... We've been focusing about technology that came out of a lab. Can you give a little bit of background about it? Because it has to do with space, right? Absolutely. So just quickly, Caltech manages... Uh, so Caltech is a very prestigious university in Pasadena. It's actually a... It's a very prestigious school, but it's a small school. The freshman class is about 240 kids. But they also manage this what we call a national treasure, a NASA center called the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, uh, or JPL. And it's about five miles from Pasadena. And it's focused on exploration of space, our solar system, and beyond. Interestingly, just for the history buffs out there, JPL actually was created in 1936, 22 years before NASA was created. And although JPL is focusing on, again, as I mentioned to you, the space, exploring our solar system, they played a key role in the Ranger mission that led to our manned mission to the, uh, the Apollo mission to the, uh, uh, to the moon. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So if you look at your website, and that's likely the outcome of, of the work that you've been doing, it starts with a pretty inspiring statement. The most powerful AI on the planet now available on Earth. So what is this all about? What is the big vision here? This is a very good question. The big vision here is we've realized when you're, when you're trying to send these robotic missions to space, to Mars, you're really dealing with a very complex, dynamic, and unknown environment where sometimes you have situations you're not familiar with, the data sometimes does not exist or it's missing or it's corrupt. So you have to deal with those kind of situations. So 
Conventional AI, what we call conventional AI, if you have a missing rule, for example, or the data is misleading, that's where it stops. Well, we cannot do that in space. In space, we have to continue the objective of the mission. So JPL created this world-class facility to handle those situations. They've created some great technologies that can deal with missing or misleading data. And what we're trying to do with Beyond Limits, we feel that those same conditions and problems that exist in space, we can apply those to some of those complex problems here on Earth in energy, uh, healthcare. So that's been the mandate and the mission for Beyond Limits. Wow. I can uh, attest to that, that uh, in a lot of companies, of course, there are there's a lot of data missing, there's a lot of data corrupt, and there's a lot of data misleading. And every single day, people are making decisions based on that crippled data. So can you give a couple of examples of what your technology does then? So one of the building blocks, for example, is a technology, again, that was developed at JPL. And actually, the brain behind developing that technology is now our chief technology officer, is called the hypothetical scenario generator. And it deals with, again, if you have a missing piece of the puzzle, a missing rule or a missing piece of information or corrupt or misleading, the hypothetical scenario generator would basically go into a situation where it will find the most plausible piece. And it would go through an iterative process to make sure that that the most plausible piece that it suggested is the most uh, reliable piece of information. So the important thing here is we don't stop when we think we have a problem, but that technology will continue to operate to find, again, as I mentioned, the most plausible uh, scenario. And that we're realizing that, that that building block or that IP is also relevant in situations, uh, for example, I'm going to use uh, subsurface and oil and gas. So we're applying those kind of capabilities to solving some of these industrial problems facing us here on Earth. And can you give an example what what kind of type of scenario would be solved in the oil and gas space? So one of the projects we are tackling deals with a a situation where you really don't have uh, a lot of data. It's really mainly based on a a scarce knowledge that exists in very small pool of talent. And the challenge there is to take that knowledge and basically scale it across uh, the organization. So in this example, we're capturing that human knowledge in AI, in what we call cognitive agents, and we're scaling up that across the organization, dealing with situations where sometimes the data does not exist or the data is missing or sometimes it's, it's, it's leading. So think of it as you're taking that scientist you're putting him in a, in a cognitive, in a box, uh, for example, and extending that capability to the field uh, or to the uh, site, site itself. 
That's what we're doing. We're doing that in a collaboration with a large organization. And I'm happy to say that we delivered the uh, first proof of concept and it was accepted. And now we're transitioning into a production environment. And what was the outcome of this? What was the, the problem solved? Well, the problem here was, can you, again, as I mentioned, in this specific example, you were looking at a, an expert that developed uh, expertise over decades and was operating a small team. And he was getting requests from different parts of the organization globally. And he actually really had to basically put him into uh, based on a priority because they could not, you know, uh, scale up. So uh-huh. we were able to demonstrate that some of that, uh, so for example, the, the, the initial version of the product was, can we produce an agent that can be an intern to the scientist that at least can ask the right questions and looking for the right, you know, right information. And we were able to demonstrate that kind of capability in, in this specific example. So you're actually creating your, yeah, how do you say that, your virtual you. That's exactly right. And I want to also be clear about it. The, the proof of concept was a virtual intern of you, uh, yeah. but the, set, the next generation could be a virtual postdoc of you. And ultimately, it, you can get to the point where you really have a, a, a virtual uh, you. And that's, that's really our objective and what, that's what we're trying to achieve. Well, so what is the potential impact of that if you look at an industry like, like energy or healthcare? If, if the, the technology like this is available to organizations at scale, what could it be? We think it's going to be huge in a couple, couple of areas. Okay. One, it really will allow, uh, you know, you hear a lot of talk and I know this is something that is that you've been talking about a lot, is will AI actually take jobs away from, from people? Uh, will we eventually basically eliminate, you know, a lot of, a lot of jobs? And in this, in this scenario that I just described to you, it demonstrated an example where we actually are taking the knowledge of a highly skilled individual. Exactly. And scaling that across the organization where we're allowing less skilled individual to be able to utilize that. Yep. It's really a true example of basically collaboration between a human knowledge and, and machine. And the example I just mentioned to you, we're actually not replacing individuals. We're actually augmenting their capability and allowing to be more efficient, more productive. Well, so, yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's definitely the case. And how long does it take in order to, to, you know, to capture the, the fundamental knowledge and be able to create an intern or, even, or an even better version of that? Well, really, it depends on the knowledge capture and the problem you're trying to solve. In the uh, proof of concept we worked with, the idea was to do a pilot in about three months. As we started the project, both the client got really excited about the potential of the technology, and we added a lot more capability to the original scope of work. 
But we were, you know, the, the, the pilot took us about, about four months. So I would say, again, it depends on the complexity of the projects. On the average, a, uh, we can do it in three months. You know, if the project is very complex, it could extend to nine months. But basically, you know, six months is, you know, four to six months is, is it seems to be a good, a good average. Yeah, but that's once you got that to that level, you got your three months of investment, then you can scale it and it can scale to hundreds and hundreds of people. So, I mean, how long would it take and how many months would you lose if you hire someone that is of a different skill and trying to get them in six months to another level of skill, which is likely not, a good, not as good as your expert? That's a fundamental thing. And it becomes competitive advantage for, for companies, I would say. It, it, it does. I agree with you. And in many industries, I mean, I can tell you, from, for example, in the space business, you really have very experienced and seasoned scientists. And a lot of them, they love their job. And quite of them are basically are close to retirement. And you really want to capture that knowledge and experience. And you want to transfer that to the, you know, to the younger generation. And this is where we believe there is a significant opportunity between, again, collaboration between, you know, man and machine to do that. Yeah, it's actually, I wrote a blog about this uh, a couple of months ago, where uh, I actually uh, wrote that the the, the role of of people that are going into retirement is going to be a different one, and they're going to be of a fundamental impact to the current businesses out there by providing their knowledge. And and the challenge at the end is to capture that knowledge in a a good way. So here is the solution to that. (laughs) So from the aha moment to where you are today, can you explain that journey? It's been actually a very interesting journey for us. What's, we made a conscious decision that what we wanted to do is kind of focus on those complex problems that where it lends itself to our unique capability. And, and that's why we looked at, at, for example, energy and specifically upstream in oil and gas. Because, again, as I mentioned to you earlier, although they have very common and similar problems to the kind of problems we were tackling in space, very harsh environment, safety was extremely important, and, you know, there was zero tolerance for failure. So we made a conscious decision to go after these industrial applications where really conventional AI tended to not do well in those, in those projects. And it's been really an exciting journey. The message has been resonating. We've been having a lot of success in energy. Last year, we expanded. Uh, we looked into also healthcare and fintech. This year, we're, we're looking at logistics. So it's been a very exciting journey for us. So what are the, the milestones that you have, um, have reached that are memorable or have been fundamental to, to the success you have today? What were the hard choices that you made over time to get where you are? So we, again, as I mentioned to you, we decided to focus on industrial applications and not to look at the kind of like low-hanging fruit, you know, if you will. So we made a high-risk but a conscious decision. Let's go after some, some tough problems where we actually can beat the big boys, and we have done that. That strategy and that approach uh, worked for us. And 
the ultimate compliment I always say is when your customer believes in what you're doing so much that they actually become your strategic investor. And that's really what happened with us in 2017. So the only investment of the hard work since 2014 led us to our Series B in 2017. And, you know, our, our most strategic customer became our strategic investor. And now we're looking for the opportunity to, to grow and to expand into other verticals. Nice. Yeah, that's always good when a customer believes so much in you that they actually uh, not only want to pay for the product, but also to ensure that you, that you scale and, and become successful. It is the ultimate compliment, indeed. Exactly. That's, that's, that's absolutely true. Have there been any surprising byproducts from what you've been doing? Well, interestingly, what we're finding out is that some of the problems we're tackling, let's say, in energy are really fundamentally are very similar. So some of the problems we're looking at in actually healthcare and in finance. So it's been helping the company to really accelerate go-to-market strategy on other verticals, having the ability to take some of the experience and the capability we're building, for example, for energy and to repurpose those for other, other sectors. And I also want to add to that, that really was kind of the approach that was done to uh, tackle some of the uh, problems in, in space exploration. They didn't go with a kind of a biased opinion about how we're going to tackle this problem. They looked at the problem and then they said, let's go figure out what are the best tools to solve these problems. And that's the approach that Beyond Limits is taking and we're finding out that actually that process and that approach, we can, we can take that to many other verticals. And, and that's what we're doing, again, as I mentioned to you, in healthcare, fintech, and in logistics. Exactly. So you're taking the right approach here. Not having the technology, then look, then look for the problem, but the other way around. Have the problem exactly. and then figure out what is the best way to approach this. Very interesting. But you made this wide decision at the end to start thinking about it in a completely unbiased way and take it and choose that, the right technology there that gives you a lot of leverage here. Which it, is, I it, think, it does. And, and this is really what's unique about Beyond Limits. You've asked me the question earlier. So like unlike many other players where if it's not a machine learning, if it's not a TensorFlow, or if it's not a specific capability, I mean, that's, that's the only approach that they're, they're going to tackle the problem. And, and quite frankly, for some companies, that, that, that will work. We're taking a completely different approach. You know, Let's look at the problem, and then we'll go back to our toolbox, and we'll apply the right capability and the right technology. If there is data and machine learning is the right approach, we will apply that. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, that whole human-like reasoning taking features and allowing us to do autonomous operation and allowing us to basically do actionable intelligence is always important to customers. And it's allowing us to really kind of differentiate ourselves from like other, you know, conventional AI players. It's funny that you call it conventional AI. For a lot of people, AI is like the top of the bill and you're already kind of downgrading it to there's conventional AI and there's, there's something else. Well, <laughs> 
we I don't mean anything negative by it. And I actually no. not I actually think I, I'm actually a big fan of machine learning and deep learning. I think it's a phenomenal capability. But you really need you need the data and you need the compute infrastructure. Sure. And often one of those two do not exist all the time. In a lot of cases. And yeah. I've, the, the conversations I had so far, it is always about it works unless you go very specific, very deep. Because then you've got all the ingredients that are there. The moment you go broader and, and less deep, then things start missing and then it becomes completely unreliable with all the consequences that you can possibly think of, depending on your use case. So in your journey, you, you've ventured all these choices and, and you've, you've gained a lot of understanding of how to, how to build solutions. If you would give, give advice to an ISV that is starting in this space, what would it be? As much as I am, uh, again, I mentioned to you, I love AI and I love the potential of AI. I am sure you've heard what the uh, CEO of Google referred to it. He, he thought it was more profound than fire and electricity, you know. I think for us, for those of us who are really in, in the AI community, I am also concerned and not, I don't feel comfortable with the hype and the outlandish claims that sub companies are making, you know. And I think we just need to make sure that that does not really get into, in the way because I think AI and if you take AI, this whole collaboration between man and machine, we can really solve, we can advance the cause of humanity and solve very tough problems. And we just want to make sure that, you know, the hype does not get in the way. It does not disappoint or discourage some potential, you know, customers and consumers in, in, in general. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm concerned about. Two, I think there is also a lot of hype about that, you know, and unfortunately it's coming from some well-respected individuals about what AI can do to the human race. And I, I think we need to have a balanced approach and not let that, you know, get in a way when, where really AI can, can solve a lot of significant problems uh, uh, for us. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's also a thing that, of course, there's, there's a lot of research and it's about the whole working population is shrinking rapidly around the world. I mean, the, the population that is getting going to retire to 65 plus, that is growing. The population that, are, that is not working, so the, the learning population is not growing, it's actually declining. And then there is a, a group in, the, in between that is not big enough in order to deal with, well, the, the work that is typically happening in the world or to grow uh, GDP around the world. Could this technology be a potential saver for that, that you could actually use it, well, to scale the working population in order to, to get that growth back again? You know what? I think that's a very good point you're raising. And we really had a kind of an internal discussion about that. And I remember one of my colleagues mentioned this, you know, if, if you look, for example, let's look at one transformative technology that we cannot live without nowadays. If you take the automobile, for example, and what made the 
automobiles so successful. And if you look at everything that made it to where it now, it's kind of like an integrated part of our lives is not just the invention of the, of the car or the engine, but the infrastructure that went to support that. And what I'm talking about is, you know, the roads, you know, extracting oil to fuel the uh, automotive industry, plastics, rubber. I mean, if you can add all these industries and if you can add the workforce behind all these industries, you know, somebody came up with a back of the envelope calculation that you can actually make an argument that 500 million people, you know, supported that. And I don't know if that number is accurate, if it's a, it's a 500 or 100 or a billion. I really don't know the, the real answer. But the point there is it really takes a lot of people to come up with that big transformative capability or technology. And if we were to continue down that path, that means we either have to produce more people to support new innovations. And in your point earlier, that's not what we're doing right now. And I think AI can help there. Specifically, the whole idea of collaboration between human and machine. I think that is going to help us to scale and that's gonna address the shrinking population and specifically the shrinking talent in a big way. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point that I was talking about. Because you need more of that talent and you need to leverage a lot more, a lot of people to get to a different intelligent level. And this type of technology can really help there. This was really inspiring. So what is next for you? I mean, I understand scaling to other, to other vertical markets and to other industries. Is there anything big on your radar? Well, uh, so scaling up, uh, like you said, is, is really what we're going through right now. Also increasing our global footprint. I'm happy that we have projects actually not just in North America, but in Europe. Uh, we're looking to Asia, the Gulf. So expanding the, uh, globally is what we're doing right now, and we're excited about that. But I'm happy to share on your podcast here that we're really excited about a new initiatives that we are going to launch in 2018. We are going to launch our, you know, AI on a chip approach. And uh, we're excited about that. I think you're probably seeing a lot of announcement in 2018 about, you know, uh, pushing the intelligence at the edge, pushing the intelligence at the sensor. We believe in that. We think that's going to be very relevant in the IoT industrial uh, industrial space, and we're happy to be a, we're excited about taking our approach and our capability, and we're gonna be one of those uh, players. Cool, so yeah, it's uh, taking it to a completely different level then. Exactly. Perfect, so if there's anything that you can ask the audience, I mean, if there's anything they could help you with, what would it be? We need a lot of AI and data scientists. We are hiring, so. Yeah. We're looking for, and again, I go back to where unlike conventional AI companies, we're not looking for one specific, whether it's TensorFlow, you know, we, we are looking actually for smart individuals that can contribute and we're happy to, to teach them. Uh, we have over 46 building blocks, technologies and capabilities. So 
that's really what unique about us. So I would welcome any anybody who listens to your you know podcast who is interested in getting into this field. Again, we're we're hiring. Cool. I think you're not the only one, by the way. <laughs> this is uh, becoming sort of the best place to work in if you're interested in uh, in a good job and a good salary and interesting an interesting deliverable. It's an so, exciting area. Uh, exactly. That's that's definitely the case. Thank you very much for your inspiring story i think there's a lot of potential with what you're doing here and uh, yeah potentially solving some of the, the world's greatest problems thank you thank you for having me and thank you for you know getting the, the message across this is again as i mentioned this is an exciting area and we're excited about it <laughs> cool and to everybody listening today thank you for tuning into this podcast i had the honor to speak to aj abdalat founder and ceo of beyond limits You can find more about AJ or Beyond Limits in the following ways. First of all, there's Twitter, and that Twitter handle is at Beyond Limits AI. Of course, you can also connect to AJ on LinkedIn, and you can go to their website to find more details. You can find their website at www.beyond.ai. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.